Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another Ask Me Anything episode. This is audio pulled from my weekly Facebook Live, which you can catch every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash the Clovis culture. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps, and it means the world to me. Thank you so much. As always, this episode is brought to you by Clovis. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis, and I am in the business of impacting people's lives for the better. I have helped over 500 people just like you transform their health and wellness, and I want to work with you. To prove it, I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which will give you full-blown access to all of the members-only content that Clovis has to offer, free for a full seven days. Just visit IamClovis.com slash start, S-T-A-R-T, IamClovis.com slash start. You will find some videos of yours truly, and you will find some incredible testimonies from some of my Clovis clients. You will be shocked by the unbelievable stories that these brave individuals have to tell. Stories of full-blown life transformation. 50 pounds in 8 weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 21 pounds in 19 days, 100 pounds in 6 months. You name it, I've got somebody that's done it. Check out IamClovis.com start and get started with your free trial today. If you'd like to check out my physical products, I am offering you a very special deal on the Perfect Paleo Powder, 30% off your first purchase. In fact, that 30% discount will be applied to your entire cart for your first purchase at IamClovis.com. Head over to IamClovis.com, check out the Perfect Paleo Powder and all the other products that I have available, and you will get 30% off your first purchase. Just use promo code Perfect podcast, all one word, P-E-R-F-E-C-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Perfect podcast, all one word. Apply this discount code at checkout and you will receive 30% off your entire first order. Just visit IamClovis.com to grab this special deal. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's Justin. Welcome to Live Ask Me Anything, number 69. I'm super excited to be back, everybody. Why? Because I spent the last two weeks in Norway. And for the first time ever, for the first time in 69 weeks, I missed an AMA. Goodness gracious. I've done AMAs from Chiang Mai, Thailand. I've done AMAs from New Orleans in the heart of Mardi Gras. I've done AMAs from Puerto Rico. I've done AMAs all over the place. Pretty crazy. Um, but Norway was particularly tricky because the time change. It was, uh, I was seven hours ahead of central time, which is where I live here in Nashville. We're on central. So I was seven hours ahead and it was just super tricky. That would be what, three o'clock in the morning. Um, I was staying with friends. They have kids and everything. I wasn't going to go live at three o'clock in the morning. I just really couldn't pull it off. And there's no way to really shift the schedule and say, well, I'll do it at 8 p.m. Norway time because then all of you would be at work and stuff because you got jobs and families and responsibilities, all the stuff that grownups do. Weird. Okay. So here I am two weeks out. I hope you guys have not missed me too much. I hope it has not disrupted your weekly flow, your weekly plan too much. I'm back. That's all that matters. It's awesome. And I have incredible questions because you guys went to ama.iamclovis.com and submitted some badass questions, like really badass questions. It's really cool to watch because, um, 
I can tell from the questions if somebody is new or if somebody has been around for a while, what we call the Clovis OGs, right? The people that have been here for like a year or longer. Um, <laughs> it's really fun to watch the questions change and the things that they are thinking about and considering. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You've been doing some research. You've gone from Clovis as you research to moving on to other areas of research, which is really cool. I love that. And I encourage the crap out of that. Keep doing it, everybody. What's up, everybody? Let's say hi to some people. We got Laura. We got Anna. Laura, welcome home. Thank you so much. Jackie, what's up? Vicky, uh, Carla, we got Judy, we got Laura, Anna. Did I say these names already? Yeah, I think so. Laura, what's up, Laura? Glad you're back. Anna, thank you so much. Can't wait to hear about all of your experiences. I had crazy experiences. Uh, Judy, welcome back. You are forgiven. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, ayahuasca was everything. I'm ayahuasca. <laughs> no, <laughs> can you tell where my brain is at? Um, Norway was everything from ayahuasca to eating live ants in the wilderness and cooking coffee in a tea kettle over an open fire in the middle of nowhere in the woods. It was awesome. The wilderness there is insane. It's incredible. And I was also part of a Viking birthday party with my dear, dear friend, Mr. Christian Sonstabo. He's amazing. I had an incredible time. Uh, Christian and his beautiful wife, Marie, they're about the best hosts on planet earth it was just incredible and i went live a few times so you guys probably saw me there and got to see where i was staying and everything it was really really an amazing experience norway is beautiful um i didn't know that that something like plant medicines was going to happen while i was there that was just kind of thrust upon me um last minute which is really cool that's usually the way the universe works with me i don't know why that is but for some reason i get to have incredible outrageous experiences all the time i don't know how that happens it happened to me today when i ended up in some dude's unbelievably incredible loft in downtown Nashville for talking about this potential TV show and opportunity that I have within the music industry. So the music industry is, is creeping its way back into my life, ladies and gentlemen. So I may be performing again soon. We'll see how that goes. I'll keep you posted. I don't have a lot of details yet. Um, I mean, I have a lot of details, but I can't give a lot of details yet. So I talked about all that. You guys know it's Clovis, transparent. You guys are basically my brothers and sisters, right? You're involved in my life all the time. You see everything that happens if you follow me on Instagram and all that. So if this does turn into a real thing, if this does turn into performances and videos and gigs and all that, which it really could, um, I'll keep you posted and it's cool and it's fun. It's a unique thing. So uh, yeah, I'll keep you guys posted, but I, I did not anticipate being there at all. I was just kind of looking around this guy's incredible loft downtown like what is happening right now okay cool i guess i'm back in this world again <laughs> very strange particularly if you've listened to the just justin episodes and everything and you guys know um you know how i feel about the music industry and what i've been through with the music industry and all that so uh really interesting stuff we'll see how that goes but i'll keep you posted anyway you guys aren't here for all that talk you're here for nutrition stuff you know what else we got here some comments up what's up travis how you doing man cameron hey man What's up, Lindsay? Welcome home. Thank you. Freudian slip. Yes, ayahuasca is deep on my brain right now. It's working still. It does that. It's really crazy. It's hard to explain if you've never experienced it. But anyway, um, I don't do that kind of stuff. That's nonsense, right? <laughs> uh, what's up, Steve? Yo, tribe. What's up, man? Alaska's wilderness is cool, too. Yes, uh, that's on my bucket list. So I will be there at some point for sure. Um, 100%. Dad and I have been talking about that, uh, talking about different places to go potentially for things like hunting. We may go back to Norway for elk hunting, which would be really cool. Jessica Bottomley, my first live AMA. Oh, snap. What's up? Welcome to the world of Ask Me Anything. This is pretty cool. You say stuff. I read it. Talk to you. 
It's awesome. So basically what's gonna happen is we're gonna jump into some live Ask Me Anything questions that were previously submitted um, just today at ama.iamclovis.com and I'll talk a little bit about that, just kind of spitball, um, freestyle some stuff, and then that usually leads to amazing conversations. Hey, Papa Nolts here, what's up dad? How you doing, man? Welcome. We just had great combos about careers and stuff, all the stuff going on. So, uh, all right, let's dive into this thing because the first question that I've chosen from your AMAs is really cool, really exciting, and I don't know if I've ever gone in depth on this. I think I've mentioned it in passing. It's a question about osteoporosis um, and bone density. So I think I've talked about this a little bit in the past. I'm gonna actually, let me read the question to you. I like to read the question so you guys can see exactly what we're dealing with here. So the question is, question number one, what is the best way to build bone density? I have friends who mention using foods high in calcium to help prevent osteoporosis. I remember you saying something along the lines that food is not the way to do that. Correct. Food is not the way to do that. This is kind of nonsensical. Um, there's a lot of BS, a lot of myths surrounding this. So uh, whoever asked this question, thank you, because this is a big one. It's important. It's something that we definitely want to dive into. So. There's so much nonsense surrounding this particular topic, it's not even funny. And that's why osteoporosis is still a really huge problem. If you look in um, like elderly individuals, like one of the highest risks of death is falling and bone fractures, right? Let's say a woman is home alone and falls and breaks her hip and she doesn't have one of those clicker things, I've fallen and I can't get up, right? Like people, people die from this all the time. Um, it really, it sounds crazy if you're like a young, healthy person and your body has not failed you yet, then it's kind of hard to even imagine, but this happens all the time. People fall down, break something, they can't get up and literally starve to death. It's really quite horrific if you think about it, right? Um, so the problem that I have with this osteoporosis piece is that as you guys know, the mainstream thinks of diet and exercise as counting calories, eating healthy whole grains and jogging, right? I can't think of a worse plan for osteoporosis. I really can't. It's terrible because a lot of these Foods that we're not designed to eat. I talk to you guys about this all the time. These uh, soy, grain, dairy, legumes, all these things, right? They're actually calcium leaching. And that's one of the biggest myths is, is milk, right? If you drink a lot of milk because it says got milk and there's a freaking mustache on the marketing and everything, everybody talks about calcium. Drinking a lot of milk is actually calcium leaching. That means it literally like sequesters calcium and excretes it, excretes it from the body. It's terrible. And a lot of other foods do this as well, like it, particularly popular health foods. We say, quote unquote, health foods, right? I'm a vegetarian and I'm going to eat soy and tofu, right? Like soy is calcium leaching as well. Why? Because it contains a ton of oxalates. So we basically did like a whole AMA episode. I talked extensively about oxalates. Um and how damaging they can be. And obviously, oxalates with the combination of high calcium foods is tricky too because then you deal with things like calcium oxalates, aka kidney stones. People call them calcium stones or whatever. It's not true. It's calcium oxalates. Calcium doesn't do it by itself. So you have something like soy that has a lot of oxalates, binds to calcium, now you got trouble. Legumes as well. I talked about lectins and phytates in episodes like lectins and leaky gut. Been talking about this forever, right? So these phytates and things like legumes also bind to calcium and you can't use them. It just, it, it kills the absorption of calcium, okay? So you really want to avoid oxalates. You really want to avoid phytates and lectins and all these things. Like, legumes, soy, and again, the dairy thing, I mean, especially feedlot milk. If you're drinking feedlot milk, you're just getting a ton of sugar. This, I always like to say this anytime milk comes up. Look at a, a gallon of milk. If you have milk in your fridge, which you probably shouldn't, um, look at the gallon of milk and see how many grams of sugar are in an eight ounce glass. 
it will blow your mind. If you've never looked at this, it will blow your mind. Um, it's ridiculous. And it's also calcium leaching. So if food is not the answer, food really isn't the answer. Um, but if you want food or supplementation to be the answer, there are ways to do this. Um, a great way to get calcium is to make your own bone broth. Um, I've made silly little Instagram story videos before of me eating chicken bones. And that's because I cook bone broth at home long enough that I can actually eat the bones. And I eat all the bones. I eat the spine, the rib cage, the, the chicken wings, everything. And the thing is, they're delicious. So I'm going to give you a little trick for bones. If you make your own chicken bone broth, what I love to do is I get really high quality olive oil. And I will turn a cast iron skillet on really high heat and throw a bunch of bones in there. And just kind of move them around, shake them around, almost like char the bones a little bit. I just kind of heat the bones up for like, I mean like a few seconds. You just throw them in like a hot, hot, hot skillet. Psst, kind of sizzle them around, throw them on a plate, and I drizzle olive oil and then sprinkle sea salt. <gasps> Such a delicious snack. You have no idea. Like bones are delicious. And they're filled with marrow and you crack them open and you can see it inside. And it's like, I mean, they're so soft you can, you can chew on them. There's no, there's, it's not dangerous or anything. Like people eat bones all the time. Um, if you don't want to eat bones, if something about that creeps you out, you can actually get bone meal. You can get an actual supplement called bone meal, and that's a good way to get calcium. Now, then you got the crazy folks like the Paul Saladinos of the world, uh, who I just had on the podcast. The dude is great. Uh, he's a carnivore doctor, and uh, he eats eggshells. So eggshells is another way to get calcium. So that's the thing is you can get calcium from the diet for sure, but... Is it going to be hugely preventative in osteoporosis? I don't really know. I'm not really sure. And the jury's kind of out on that. So when it comes to, the question is directly about increasing bone density. So we've now talked about preventative measures of things like calcium, which is a good idea. You want calcium in your, in your diet for sure. But if you were to, if I were to build a plan for you on increasing bone density, I would say obviously ditch the oxalates, the phytates, the lectins, all of these things that are calcium leaching. Eat a very anti-inflammatory diet because inflammation is terrible for osteoporosis. So aka Clovis, eat a Clovis diet, everybody. Eat more protein, okay? At least 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight is really going to help with bone density. And lift heavy ass weights. I can't say this enough. Lift heavy weights. Virtually all humans really should be lifting heavy weights at least one to two times a week. Resistance training is basically the only thing that is proven to increase bone density once something like osteoporosis has already set in. Once you have already lost density of bones and you're trying to increase bone density, heavy heavy resistance training is basically the only way to increase it. Now, the reason I keep saying heavy, heavy, heavy is because I don't want people to take four pound weights and do 65 reps and think that they're doing resistance training. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about if you're doing some kind of barbell or machine lifting, if you're afraid of barbell lifting, just stick to machines. That's very safe. But you're going to be doing sets of five to eight reps maximum. You know, something like a five by five, five sets of five is great. You can do that with machines, you can do it with barbells, whatever you're more comfortable with. Um, but if I had to pick one protocol, just one protocol, specifically for increasing bone density, it would be Body by Science. Um, Body by Science is a book by Dr. Doug McGuff, and I can put that in the show notes. But I'm telling you right now, the only way to increase bone density is resistance training. People And people are very afraid of resistance training. And I don't really know why, because they shouldn't be afraid of resistance training. It's fantastic for anti-aging and longevity. Skeletal muscle and bone density both are critical factors of life expectancy. 
Literally, the amount of muscle you have, the amount of bone density you have is going directly to directly correlate to how long you're going to live, barring some ridiculous thing like falling off of a cliff or getting hit by a bus. This is very important. So if you want to increase bone density, that's what I would say. Increase your protein intake, avoid oxalates, lectins, phytates, eat an anti-inflammatory diet, lift heavy ass weights. Okay, hope that answers your question. We got comments over here. Don't talk about hips. I'm sorry, Anna. Um, they were talking about this on Mark Hyman's podcast recently. They were discussing estrogen in postmenopausal women. Interesting. Uh, Steve, how about eating meat and lifting heavy shit? Duh. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, Ana Gonzalez, I heard Dr. Saladino taking bone pills. Interesting. Uh, that's cool too. Uh, I mean... I don't know. I don't think you need pills. I don't like pills, guys. <laughs> like, everybody talks about pills. People ask me about that with, like, electric. Like, hey, can we make salt pills? I'm like, sure, if you want to. Or you could just get over the taste of salt. Mmm, yeah, that's way easier. Like, I would rather just take a calcium. Like, I have bone meal. I have bone meal in my house. Like, I literally, maybe I'm a crazy person. I throw bone meal in water and drink it. That's it, you know? Or like I said, you could grind up. You could throw eggshells in a smoothie. Right, if you're getting pasture-raised eggs, let's say you make, um, let's say you're blending a paleo powder up, right? If you're having like a throw a paleo powder in a Nutribullet or something, throw some eggshells in there. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of pills. I'm just not, unless you really have to take them for some reason. Um, I don't know. I'm not a huge, not a huge fan. I'm, I, I like to get powder whenever I can. A lot of times, even with things like nootropics, like when I take like Alpha Brain from Onnit or uh, probiotics, a lot of these things, like I snap the capsules open and I pour them over something or into something or sprinkle it on something. I just, I don't know. To me, to me, I think it's better. I could be totally wrong about that. It's just my preference. Um, I mean, I've taken a lot of pills, like things like omega threes and stuff. Like I, I usually take in like a capsule form, right? These like gel things, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you can take pills if you want to. It's up to you. What else we got? Uh, oh, and yeah, in case we don't want to chew on bones. Yeah, if you don't want to chew on bones, like I said, you can get bone meal. Yeah, 100 ways. Of, yeah, we're beating a dead horse now. Moving on from the calcium and how to take it, right? All right, so uh, the other question here, uh, and this is good because we just talked about protein intake, right? So protein intake, generally speaking, I like to see people at a minimum of 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. Another way to do this is one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight. The only trick there is that you need to have a body composition test done and know what your lean body weight is. So you subtract your body fat from your total body weight and you can get your lean body mass, right? And then you can take that lean body weight and multiply it by one gram of protein or General rule of thumb, 0.8 grams of protein per pound of total body weight. So you can do it that way as well, all right? So uh, this next question is also about protein intake because I talked recently, just to give you a little bit of backstory, I talked recently about how protein is basically the most important macronutrient for body composition, right? If you eat more protein and less energy, I talk about macronutrients as two macronutrients, energy, well, protein being number one, and then energy, fat and carbohydrates, so three macros, fat, protein, carbohydrates. Two of those are energy, fat, and carbohydrates. One of those, protein, basically the most important macronutrient when it comes to body physique goals, like aesthetic goals, because it's the most satiating. So the more protein you eat, the less you're going to be hungry for things like fat and carbohydrates. So here's the question. Is there a limit on how much you can cut down on your fat intake if protein is the most important? And the answer is 100% Yes, this can be super, super dangerous, especially if you're eating a low-carb diet. So 
people hear me talk about the, the protein thing being the most important, like I said, for physique goals. And what happens there is people want the best body composition possible as fast as possible. So they do what Americans always do with dietary advice and they take it to the absolute extreme. So to the person who answered, who asked this question, if that's what you're thinking, if you're thinking like, I'm just going to eat mostly protein and I'm going to decrease body weight really quick, you do not want to do that. Do not do that. It's very dangerous, and I'm going to explain to you why. So I don't know if any of you have ever heard this term before, but it's a term called rabbit starvation. And rabbit starvation is basically explained as literally the animal itself. If you were to take rabbit meat, it has like virtually no fat. It's like 100% protein. This is very, very dangerous, okay? If you were to consume nothing but protein and no fat, you could get something called rabbit starvation. Why? Because the body still needs energy. Like I said, fat or carbohydrates are your, your energy macros. So this is also for, oh God, I don't even want to rant about this. I don't want it, but this is also why I hate that the fitness industry is like lean protein, lean protein, lean protein, work out, eat a whole bunch of carbohydrates and spike your insulin and then eat lean protein, like boneless, skinless chicken breast, blah, 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 blah. It is so stupid. I can't even tell you. It's ridiculous. Okay. So to give you an example, the holy grail of like perfect macronutrient ratios found in nature, in my opinion, for fat and protein is like a well-marbled ribeye steak. So it's basically gram for gram, the like the ratio of fat and protein. If it's, So if a steak has say 60 grams of protein, it's probably gonna have somewhere around 60 grams of fat. And that is perfect. It's absolutely perfect, okay? Because like we've talked about, there are, there, there are two essential macronutrients. So we've talked about fat, protein, carbohydrates. And sorry, I'm just trying to piece this all together for you. So if you have the two essential macronutrients are fat and protein. Without fat, you die, literally. Without fat, you die. So that's what's at stake. So keep that in mind as I go through this. That's why something like a ribeye steak is perfect with this, what I would call a one-to-one -one ratio of fat to protein. So even if you were to go completely strict carnivore, like we talked about Dr. Paul Saladino, right? Even if you were to go completely strict carnivore, and I think he talked about this on my episode with him, you'd still want to match fat and protein basically gram for gram. So let's say you're eating a 2,000 calorie a day diet. I probably eat something close to that or, or between 20 to 2,600 calories depending on the day and the fitness that I'm doing or whatever, right? So let's say it's, it's just, just for a blanket number. Let's just say it's 2,000 calories, right? That ratio, if you're eating like one-to-one gram-for-gram fat and protein, your macro ratio is going to end up being about 70% fat and about 30% protein. Now, you're matching gram for gram, but remember one gram of fat has four calories. I mean, one gram of fat has nine calories and one gram of protein has four calories. So that gram of fat has more than twice as many calories. So even though you're matching gram for gram, when you hit that 2000 calorie mark, you're talking right around 70% fat, 70% of total calories coming from fat and 30% of total calories coming from protein. That's a really good macronutrient ratio. So again, even if you're strict carnivore, most of your calories are not coming from protein. Most of your calories are coming from fat because it's more calorically dense as a macronutrient, right? So technically speaking, fat is the most important. I say protein is the most important macronutrient because it's the most satiating and it, the protein leveraging hypothesis determines how much fat and carbohydrates you're going to take in based on how much protein you're eating. But remember, Fat and carbs are energy, fat and protein are essential. They are the only two essential macronutrients. Contrary to vegan propaganda, carbohydrates are not essential for human survival. Fat and protein are. Without fat, you die. So if you tried to eat 100% protein, you would die literally. So 
something to think about. Is there a limit on how much you cut fat when you're increasing protein? Absolutely. You could die. That's a big deal, right? Really big deal. Uh, thanks for answering this. Jessica, I can't help but just still be shocked at what I'm learning versus what I have always heard mainstream. Fat equals bad. Yes, incorrect. Uh, if you want to go to my Instagram, uh, no, I, this is a different video. This is going to come out uh, maybe in a couple of days. There's a, I just did a video about the fitness industry that's on Instagram. But um, yeah, without fat, you die, period, right? Cholesterol itself is required for every single function in every single cell in the human body. And this is the whole Ansel Keys thing dating back to decades ago. And there's no science that says fat is harmful basically in any way, shape, or form. It's required for human survival. And carbohydrates are not. So, Jessica, just to blow your mind a little bit more, how is it that we live in a country where 60% of the average American's caloric intake or more, 60% or more, comes from carbohydrates? The only macronutrient that is not required for human survival makes up over 60% of the human diet. How can that be? That can be because Americans were not taught nutrition by nutritionists. They were taught nutrition by marketing companies. Ding, 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 ding. There wasn't a single nutritionist, doctor, dietitian, anybody even in the room when the food pyramid was created. This was created by agriculture companies and marketing companies who needed to sell more of what the agriculture companies were making, aka grains, carbohydrates. That's how it happened. That's the whole story. This is open, wide open to the public. Scientists were paid off in the 1950s to say that fat was bad when their specific scientific findings actually showed that sugar was the cause of heart disease, not fat, and they manipulated the results and changed them because they got paid to do so by Sugar companies. Crazy, right? It's ridiculous. And it sounds it sounds propaganda, it sounds tinfoil hat, all this stuff, but it is wide open there for you to consume. None of this is a secret, right? The, the paid off scientist thing was even in Time Magazine, I believe, and people just ignored it. It's ridiculous to me. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. So anyway, long story short, yeah, you can't decrease fat to an extreme level or at some point you will actually die. And if you only ate a protein diet, that was it. If you ate like nothing but lean chicken breasts or rabbit meat, if you were to do that, you could have something called rabbit starvation, which is death. Everybody, <laughs> happy Wednesday. <laughs> Crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, Jackie, my favorite too, like the ribeyes, I, I absolutely love them. It's like, the, it's like the perfect food, it's fantastic. Just blows my mind that the truth is not out there. Well, the truth is out there. So let me correct you on that. Um, social media is bullshit, right? So what happens is, I was talking to my dad about this today, is the way that these algorithms are set up for your social media, your news feeds, your Google, everything, it's all very carefully controlled and manipulated. So a guy like me, I'm going to see nothing in my social media news feeds but, um, you know, Rob Wolf and Abel James and Paul Saladino and Chris Kresser and Diana Rogers and Paleo Valley and Ben Greenfield and Joe Rogan and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to see all that stuff, right? The truth exists on all of those platforms. Joe Rogan is the biggest podcast in the world. There's 160 million downloads a month, right? And he's had guys like Rob Wolf and Chris Kresser and Gary Taubes and all these people on his show. This information is widely available to the general public. It's just that the mainstream squashes it, Right? People are listening to shitheads like Sanjay Gupta telling them that they need to eat freaking whole, green, whole grains 11 times a day or whatever, right? It's just, it's insanity. Oh, the Jillian Michaels of the world. Jillian Michaels coming out screaming about keto. That girl doesn't know shit about how the human body works. She just doesn't, okay? 
period. The things that she has said about keto are so astronomically dumb that she doesn't even realize she is screaming the words, I'm ignorant, into the TV screen over and over and over. She knows what she's doing. She's doing it to get time on airtime because she's irrelevant now because people are tired of getting screamed at by an asshole personal trainer, right? It's ridiculous. The Biggest Loser, we know the Biggest Loser study. None of the contestants kept the weight off. Jillian Michaels' way of doing things doesn't work, right? So now I'm going on a rant, sorry. But yeah, the information is out there. That's the thing, Jessica. I just want to address your question there that the truth is out there. It's 100% out there. And we're at a point right now where I really, really think if somebody wants to follow the mainstream and just say, nope, it's all correct, healthy whole grains are part of a balanced diet, and if you remove any food group, you have an eating disorder, and blah, 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 all this bullshit that you hear, right? They're, they're wrong on purpose. That's all there is to it. They're justifying, validating bad food choices so they can continue to make them. That's all there is to it. Period. I actually have an article coming out about this, how people need to stop lying to themselves. Stop lying to yourself. Don't say, I ate this donut, but it's okay because I worked out today or I had a bad day. My boyfriend dumped me. I deserve this donut, blah, blah, blah. All these justifications and excuses, you're lying to yourself. You're damaging yourself emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. You're damaging yourself with these lies. So this is what's happening. People are going out into the mainstream and justifying their food choices. Dr. X says that whole grain's good, and Dr. Y says legumes are good, and Dr. Z says the Mediterranean diet, <laughs> right? They're trying to justify the fact because they want to eat bread, they want to eat donuts, they want to eat sugar, and this everything in moderation. Well, I only had one Coca-Cola this week. Oh, look at me, right? It's insane. It just, it doesn't work. So... The reason why the mainstream is still popular is because people want excuses for their weak decision-making. It's all mindset. It's all psychiatry or whatever you want to call it. It's literally all mindset. It's 100% mindset. People want excuses for the bad choices that they want to continue making so they continue to justify and validate them. And it's bullshit. Don't fall into that. Okay? Anyway, there's my rant. Craziness. <laughs> uh, sorry for the rants. I'm thankful to find y'all. Yeah, I know. Uh, rants, I'm notorious for ranting. You can rant as much as you want. I highly recommend rants, everybody. Uh, rants increase my Instagram followers. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> uh, what is this, Jackie? Bob Harper from the show had a heart attack. Something is clearly wrong with the work harder model. I don't know what show you're talking about. That sounds crazy, though. Damn. Damn. I'm just tuning in. Have you addressed updating macros at all? Yes, that question will be addressed. Don't worry. I have it written down here. Um, actually, it's one, one more that I want to touch on real quick, and then we'll get into updated macros. So the next question I have is I wanted to segue into this one and tie it in. Again, when you guys send me these questions ahead of time, it's really helpful because I can make a really valuable episode for you. So we talked about fat and protein, essential macronutrients. So this next question says... Um, I always hear you talk about fat adapted, but I'm not sure what that means. Can you give a quick explanation? Yes, 100%, one of my favorite topics. So all this means is that the body is primarily burning fat for fuel, fat adapted, meaning that fat is now the fuel choice of the body. So what happens is 99.999999% of Americans are metabolically broken. So there are terms metabolic flexibility, metabolic inflexibility. Virtually all humans that follow a Western diet are metabolically inflexible. This means that they have fueled their body with one energy substrate, the vast majority of their intake, again, 60, more than 60% of the daily intake of calories coming from carbohydrates, 
the body has actually gotten used to a ridiculous surplus of glucose, aka carbohydrates. All carbohydrates become glucose in the body eventually, right? So what happens is the body learns we have a never-ending supply of glucose. We are always going to burn glucose for energy because the body can burn either glucose for energy or fatty acids that get converted to ketones for energy. So it's either burning fat for energy or glucose for energy, carbohydrates or fat. Again, the two energy macros. So most people are not fat adapted, meaning that they are not burning fat for fuel. The thing is, in a metabolically flexible person, they should be able to burn both energy substrates, fat or carbohydrates, depending on the demand placed upon the body. Now, 99% easily of all things that we do in life should be fueled by fat, aka fat adaptation. If you're walking down the street, if you're driving a car, even if you're jogging lightly, if you're hugging your mom, whatever you're doing, all this ATP that needs to be created for your body to move, it should all be fueled by fat primarily. That should be the number one fuel source for the body. If you are fat adapted, it means you are burning fat primarily. Now glucose, the reason why we have glycogen, stored glucose in the liver and muscle cells, is so that we will always have glucose on demand in case we need it. I call it in case shit happens, right? So let's say you were walking in the jungle, hunter-gatherer days, and you see a lion and you need to sprint to the top of a hill or climb a tree as fast as physically possible, you're going to burn glucose. So if you're at a very elevated heart rate, your body's going to burn glucose. This is why things like steady-state cardio where you're huffing and puffing are so stupid and they don't burn fat because you're burning glucose. Your heart rate is too high, you're burning glucose, right? So what I try to teach people to do is through using the diet mostly, diet number one, nutrition is always number one, always, always, always for fat burning and the fat adaptation process. Now it depends on how long you've been carbohydrate dependent, how long you've been metabolically inflexible when you get to me, how long it's gonna take you to become fat adapted. Now if I really wanna ramp up fat adaptation as much as possible, I'm gonna put you on a very high fat, very low carb diet and I'm going to teach you something called aerobic threshold training, which is basically a type of heart rate training. I won't, I've talked about aerobic threshold endlessly. Um, so I'm gonna teach you that form of aerobic threshold training and monitor your nutrition closely and try to speed up that fat adaptation process. Even still, in a metabolically inflexible person, you're probably looking at that 12 weeks for full fat adaptation, um, for full fat adaptation, right? now. As you get closer to fat adaptation, things will get easier and easier. There's a little litmus test, like at the end of 30 days, I might have somebody do a 24-hour fast and report back to me how hungry they were, how many hunger pains they got, right? How miserable it was for them to go 24 hours without food. Because any metabolically healthy, fat-adapted human being should be able to effortlessly fast for 24 hours. If you think fasting for 24 hours is scary, you need to evaluate your current metabolic health. We need to work on that. 24 hours is not a difficult fast. It shouldn't be difficult for anybody. And I've done four-day fasts where I do intense CrossFit-style workouts in jiu-jitsu every single day and have no problem with it, right? So 24 hours should not be an issue for you. So that's a quick rundown of what fat adaptation means. It means your body should be primarily burning fat for fuel, which sounds wonderful, right? Because if your body is burning fat primarily for fuel, let's face it, most of you come to me because you're overweight. You have body fat that you want to lose. That's at least your first introduction to me. Most of you stick with me and you learn about biohacking and optimal health and all these things and you wanna stick around, but in the beginning it's all about fat loss. What better way to fat loss than to make sure that 99% of all your daily activity is fueled by fat right now 
me moving my hands and blinking my eyes and my jaw moving up and down as I talk to you, I'm burning fat for fuel. That's it. This is low-intensity activity. I'm fueling this. This is aerobic activity, and I'm fueling that with fat because I am fat-adapted, right? So that's fat adaptation in, uh, in a nutshell. I hope that helps. What else we got? Laura, people want excuses for the bad choices they are making. 100%. That's what everyone is looking for. And guys, let's touch on this real quick. Uh, let's see what Jackie's saying too. I totally ranted about this and I am Clovis. No nutrition expert with any credentials will tell their follower they can't eat anything. It's all moderation. 100%. That is such nonsense. It's They're afraid. They're terrified because people will literally tell you, so what, what do the marketing companies do? Well, we want you to eat 7 to 11 servings of whole grains a day. So what do they do? Someone like me comes along and says, hey, whole grains, uh, you're never going to walk through the woods and find a whole grain bagel tree or a Wonder Bread tree. That's not gonna happen. That shit doesn't exist in nature. You probably should think twice before eating it. But then you would tell a registered dietitian or whatever that, that oh, this Justin guy says we should never eat whole grains. Well, now you've removed a food item, a food category from the food pyramid. And if you remove any category, you now have an eating disorder. Go fuck yourself. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous. I can't even wrap my head around it. But anyway, John, hey, hey, what's up, brother? Just jumped on. First thing I hear is asshole personal training. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dad, the, the, the white guy trainer from Biggest Loser, now he's doing commercials for statin drugs. I didn't know that. That's crazy. <laughs> Hilarious, though. Hey, I can teach you how to be healthy. And everything I taught you has failed. So now I'm on TV telling you how to take statin drugs so you don't die of a heart attack because I am an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that should be that guy's commercial, for real. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, what else we got? If the transition was really easy, does that mean fat adaptation happened sooner? No. So um, keep in mind, if the transition was really easy, it's probably because your plan came from me. <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. If you think about pe people talk about the keto flu and the keto detox and then this and that and how horrible it is. Um, I have so many ways to mitigate that at this point that it, it works really well and generally speaking, I mean, the plans that I give people today are going to be much better than the plans I gave people a year ago because I now have over 600 people that I worked with in the last year to make these plans better, right? So now it's built into the new plans. Like if you've never gotten a plan from me, since a year ago, you should probably just get a new plan anyway. Because you'll see it's built into the plan that I mitigate these these detox issues. I mitigate them right from the jump, right? So a lot of people make the transition very easily with Clovis, but that doesn't mean that you've reached full fat adaptation. Adaptation, And the thing is, there's really no way to test for this. So the best thing you can do is just consistency, consistency, consistency. Just stick with it. Don't worry about whether or not you are fat adapted. It really, it's, there's not some magic test you can do to see if you're fat adapted unless you wanted to pay a metabolic ward and get on a stationary bike and hook an oxygen mask up to your face that measures your CO2 output and what, you, what fuel substrate you're burning, right? Um, there's these little breath things that people are selling now. I think it's all gimmicky marketing junk uh, and leads to self-sabotage, honestly. So I just think that uh, I wouldn't worry about it all that much. I wouldn't worry about it. I really wouldn't. If you're following Clovis, you're going to get results, period. Um, if for some reason you're not getting results and you reach out to me and I don't fix it, uh, that's never happened. So. <laughs> there's that, right? So, I mean, it's just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about these things. People worry about fat adaptation. They worry about, are, am I in ketosis? Stop with ketosis. I get driven crazy by people who just want to be in ketosis, right? 
Don't worry about these things. These are all distractions. They're all distractions. Again, this is all mindset. All you need is a good plan and consistency. That's it. And if you can do this and block out all of the noise, like, am I fat adapted? Am I in ketosis? Expert XYZ says I need to test my blood and blow into this thing and pee on a stick. It's distraction, distraction, distraction. You don't need all that stuff, right? Keep it simple. The simpler, the better. The more simple you make this, the, the greater your chances of long-term sustainable success, right? John, great point. When I did my three-day fast along with workouts, it wasn't as horrible as I thought it would be. And that was a few months into Clovis. Exactly. I must be fat adapted. I feel like I can pull a 24-hour fast at any time. Yes, again, now, Clint, we don't know if you're fat adapted, okay? So I just, I can't say that enough. We don't know. Um, but if a 24-hour fast is easy, then you're on the right track for sure. Absolutely. Um, see, see what a three-day fast is like. See what a four-day fast is like. See what a seven-day fast is like. Why not, you know? What else we got? It's disappointing. Oh, you're talking about the experts, Jackie. Jackie is saying it's disappointing because they don't eat that foolishly, but but please don't stop following them. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I am one of these guys where, guys, I, I, I was not always vocal about this, but I have now been vocal about it. Uh, I just did my first testimony uh, podcast with a client with Annika. She came on and did a podcast with me and it was beautiful. I can't wait to release it. That'll be out next week. Um, but I'm quite open about the fact that I fire clients all of the time. I just do. If you are particularly rude and, and demanding, bye. <laughs> um, and if you are like, well, if you're just questioning, 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 well, I heard that some healthy whole grains are good. If I'm, if I'm trying to teach you and you're coming to me for my advice and it's just this constant, like, this is an eating disorder. I can't cut out bananas. I can't cut out whole grains. These are essential. I need these foods. I need this and that. Bye. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Go talk to Jillian Michaels and enjoy your results. I'm not your guy. I'm not here for the money, everybody. Just not. I talk about this all the time, right? I'm here to get people results. I'm not here to make dollars. So if you don't like what I'm doing, there's a million other influencers and gurus, ones that aren't getting results, of course, but they would be happy to take your money and let you complain about how you still want to eat fruit roll-ups every day and one Pepsi a day won't kill you. If you're a one Pepsi a day won't kill me person, don't sign up for Clovis. I'm going to fire you and give you a refund. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. I have a 100% money back guarantee on everything for a reason. So I don't have to put up with shit like this. I'm just not going to do it. Right. We're being real, ladies and gentlemen, this is the way that I do things. I hope you like my company right now. If you stick with me, you're going to get fantastic results. That's all there is to it. Why would you pay somebody for advice and then tell them that all the advice they're giving you is wrong? I wouldn't do it. That's why I don't suggest you go pay other nutrition gurus for their advice because they're going to tell you stuff that's wrong and you don't want to have to tell them that everything they're telling you is wrong. It's just silly, right? What else we got? John, I think I've asked this before, but I'm sure others are wondering if we've done a plan with you, when is it good to do a new plan? Yes, exactly. So we're just about to talk about this because let me see. It was uh, Andra, Andra, Andra. I'm not exactly sure how to say your name, so I hope I'm not butchering it. I'm going to say Andra um, was asking about this as well. So that is the next question after fat adaptation. Um, all right, let's see. What was the actual, okay, here we go. Actual question. How does one know if it's time for updated macros? I have macros for fat loss now. How lean will they allow me to get? Would I need them updated if I have a new goal like increasing muscle mass? The answer is, well, I guess it depends on your goals, okay? So let's say the first goal was fat loss and then the next goal is continued fat loss. Like you're asking how lean will this allow me to get? So if the goal is continued fat loss, 
I won't, I won't change anything until I see a drop of like 40 pounds of body weight. You'd be surprised. The needle moves very little depending on body weight. It's really not a drastic shift in overall body weight. doesn't change overall macros that much. So I'd need to see like a 40 pound drop in weight before I shift your macros. So for that reason, as you can probably put together here, it's pretty obvious that a macro change if the continued goal is fat loss, is probably only going to be for obese individuals. That's really all there is to it, who have more than 40 pounds to lose, right? So for a non-obese individual, if you're someone looking to lose like those last 5, 10, 15 pounds, even 20 pounds, right? Obese is 30 pounds or more overweight technically, right? So if you're just looking to lose like 10 to 20 pounds or whatever, I want to stick with those macros until we get you to that position. Now, I hate body weight goals. I cannot tell you enough how much I hate body weight goals, okay? I want to be clear about that. But we'll try to get the weight off of you. And once we have it off, my goal is to get you back to maintenance. I want to get you back to maintenance where you're eating a healthy caloric intake with proper macros to maintain that weight that you're at. So you're living a happy, healthy life, no risk of micronutrient deficiencies. I don't want you at this crazy chronic caloric deficit forever. I want to get you your results boom, and get you back to normal, right? Get you back to normal, meaning healthy, optimal health, okay? Now, that said, again, I don't like target body weight. So before I put you back to maintenance, I'm probably gonna ask you to get a body composition test. So I'm gonna say, we need to test your body composition. At some point, you're gonna have to suck it up and pay the 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever it is to get a really good body composition test. They actually have great scales in the home now. Renpo scale is really nice. Um, I can leave a, a, a I can leave that in the show notes. But I'm gonna want to get a body composition reading from you before I determine if you're at maintenance yet. Now, when it comes to something like switching a goal, so let's say your goal was fat loss, and then you come back to me and you say, my goal is now muscle gain. You absolutely need new macros, 100%. Let me tell you why, because I talk about this all the time, calories matter, but they do not tell the whole story. Type of calorie is more important than number of calories, but that said, if your goal is fat loss, I'm going to have you at a caloric deficit. If you are obese, I'm going to have you at a significant caloric deficit till we get you out of the high risk or danger zone by my standards, right? So if your goal is fat loss, you're going to be at a caloric deficit. If your goal is muscle gain, you are going to be at a caloric surplus. It's going to be drastically different, and I'm probably going to shift the macronutrient ratios a bit as well. So if the goal changes significantly, I hope that answers your question. If the goal is continued fat loss and you're obese, then we need to shift your macros after about 40 pounds of loss. If you have the goal of fat loss, then and it's a small fat loss, 10 to 20 pounds, then I'm gonna get you back to maintenance. If you come back to me and say you have a new goal like athletic performance or muscle gain, then I'm going to shift your macros pretty drastically and your total caloric intake is definitely gonna change drastically. So you need to let me know about those things. That's when macros change. So I hope that answered your questions. I hope we don't fire my wife. Brian, I hope we don't fire your wife too. Uh, and I don't, I think, I, Brian, right? Brian, wink, wink. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, just tell your wife to not be difficult. Cool. You got to put up with your wife. I don't have to. <laughs> what else we got? The first way. Uh, yeah, so our, um, I don't know what you mean by that, Andrew. If you want to, uh, okay, answered it. Cool. Question answered. Awesome. If you have time, can you explain why you don't like target body weights? Is body fat percentage more important of a measurement? One billion percent! I cannot explain enough. Body weight don't mean shit unless you're obese. Body weight is a problem if you're obese or you're a professional fighter and you have to be at a certain body weight, right? Let me give you an example. If I, if you call me on the phone and you say, I'm standing next to a man, 
and I say, okay, describe that man. And you say, well, he's six foot six and he weighs 240 pounds. I know nothing about that man. That could either be The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, or it could be an incredibly obese individual, right? Or well, how big is The Rock? I think The Rock's like 6'2". Let's say 6'2 to make it more realistic. Okay, start over. We have, you could say, I'm standing next to this man. He's six foot two and 240 pounds. I know nothing about that man. I can tell you exactly nothing I, I could guess, but I got a 50-50 shot. You're either standing next to Dwayne The Rock Johnson or you're standing next to a fat man. I don't know the difference, right? Now, if you call me and you say, Justin, I am standing next to a man. He is six foot two, 240 pounds, and 35% body fat. I know exactly what you're dealing with. I could picture the guy. I could draw him as a picture. I could describe his body to you. I could describe the shape of his body to you. Everything. If you say, Justin, I'm standing next to a man. He's six foot two, 240 pounds, and he's 8% body fat. I know that you are standing next to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You see the difference there? Body weight tells us nothing about health. It really doesn't. That's a drastic, drastic deal, right? I'll give you an example. If you're a woman that weighs 140 pounds, go look up a CrossFit girl who weighs 140 pounds and tell me if her body looks like yours. That's all you have to do, really. If you're 110 pounds, look up a CrossFit girl that weighs 110 pounds. Her body is not going to be like yours, it's just, unless you're a CrossFit girl. So think about it that way. Body weight means nothing to me. And what women tend to do, women, I'm sorry, I gotta pick on the women here because most of you are women, I deal with mostly women. It's this endless thing where they, they want to keep cutting calories, they wanna keep learning, losing body fat. Almost every question I get from women is like, how lean can I get? How lean can I get? How lean can I get? There's something called essential body fat. Google essential body fat. I'm not going to let you get below essential body fat unless you're someone like my fighter, PETA, who is a professional fighter and you're getting paid to do something that's terribly unhealthy for your body. Weight cuts are terrible for fighters. I hate them. So I try to make them do it as healthy as possible, right? I don't care about your body weight goal. I don't because it's probably unrealistic. It's probably unhealthy, right? And I don't want you striving for that because it becomes this game of a race to the bottom. Well, my goal was 130 pounds, now I'm 130 pounds. Now my new goal is 120 pounds. Well, now my new goal is 110 pounds. And all of a sudden, you're restricting calories, you have micronutrient deficiencies, you're 110 pounds, but you're mostly fat and very lean muscle tissue, your body composition sucks, your hair's falling out, your nails are brittle, and your teeth hurt when you drink cold water, right? That's really what we're talking about here, everybody. It's super important. This race to the bottom that women have is nonsense. Nonsense. Don't allow that to creep into your mind. I don't care about your body weight. If you're five foot two and 300 pounds, yeah, I care about your body weight. But that's it, right? All right, what else we got? So after your first 30 days, non-workout, do we get new macros when we add workouts in after that? Again, macros only change depending on your goals. That's it. That's the only time that they change. So it would be a question of why do you want to work out? If you want to work out to enhance fat loss, eh, macros don't need to change that much. There, this is another misconception that people have is like people way overestimate their energy expenditure. Rob Wolf and I talked about this. Listen to my podcast with Rob Wolf. You're all sedentary. Let me just tell you that, right? You're all sedentary. The average American sits for 16 hours a day, literally. The average American, listen to those words. The average American sits for 16 hours a day. You're all sedentary. I don't care if you do a fucking hero wad at a CrossFit gym for an hour and then you sit for 15 hours, you're sedentary. 
right? It's, it, that's the thing is there's this giant misconception that people just think that they're just burning endless calories all the time. It's like I could roll jujitsu super hard for an hour and burn 150 calories. That's why this calories in, calories out thing is, is kind of nonsense, right? So if you have the goal of fat loss and I have you set at macros and then you say, hey, I'm going to start working out three times a week. I'm totally comfortable with your macros staying right where they are. I really am. And it might enhance your results a little bit because you're burning a little bit of extra calories and calories do matter, although they don't tell the whole story. Like I say, I don't even like calories as a marker. They don't tell the whole story. But yeah, so you just don't want to over overestimate these things because another thing that I don't like about fitness is that people think about fitness for fat loss and they do three yoga workouts a week and decide that they can eat chocolate bars and almond butter all day. And no, no. It, you can't do that. You got to be very, very careful with that. So again, the the I've outlined the moments when you will need new macros, and that's basically it. So even if you say like, hey, I'm going to start jogging a few times a week or whatever, odds are, unless you start like training for a marathon and running six, seven miles a day, then you're still going to be marked as probably a sedentary person because just that's just the way it is. These computers, these devices, most people's jobs are in like a cubicle setting or whatever. Most people are, are pretty sedentary. Um, it's just just kind of the way it is, you know. So. Hope that answers your question. Uh, Andres says, I answered it. Excellent. Nailed it. Percentage is better. Yes. Type of calories matter. Yeah, Travis. Uh, I loved that email that you sent, man. I'm, I'm really glad that you had that light bulb moment. So just so you guys know, uh, Travis does a lot of really intense power lifting. And um, as he said here, Travis says, you increased my calories by 50%, shifted my ratios around, and I've actually lost weight. Boom. There you have it. Now, Travis's energy expenditure is ridiculous compared to most people. Ridiculous. This dude's energy output is absolutely ridiculous. He makes guys like John and I look lazy. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? So that's just the way it is. So I ha I'm like, dude, I'm, he's telling me what kind of food he's eating. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're killing yourself. You're actually killing yourself. Like we need to put a significant caloric <laughs> increase in your daily overall intake, right? It's a big deal. I think I got it. Dying to work out again. Yeah, a lot of people are. That's the other thing, Nicole, is a lot of people do like fitness for the mental aspect, but it makes them feel good, releases all these endorphins and all these things, right? That's awesome. But remember, don't get in your head about it. There Again, I say things like this and people get mad at me, but like I get messages from moms where I'm like, what's your activity level? And they're like, moderate to high. And I'm like, and they just leave it at that. And I'm like, no, no, no. See this part in the email where I say the more details, the better? Tell me what your activity level's like. Well, I vacuum the house every day, and I have two little ones, and I chase them around all day. <laughs> I can't tell you how many emails I get like that. I vacuum and chase little kids. You're sedentary. You're sedentary. That's not moderate. Like, moderate activity level in my markers is like you're doing heavy-ass weightlifting multiple times per week, Right? That's the only way I'm going to mark you as like moderate on your activity level. Most people are simply sedentary and we're so sedentary that we think vacuuming and chasing two-year-olds is high output. What? What are you talking about? Like, it's, it blows my mind. So, Nicole, to address your thing directly, dying to work out. I love working out, everybody. I train eight times a week, probably easily eight times a week because I do two-a-days sometimes when I have jujitsu. Right, so I train virtually every single day, sometimes twice a day, and they're short, awesome workouts, and they're optimized for me and my body, and the things I like to do, they make me feel good. I can perform in a way that I want to. I have physical things that I like to be able to do with my body. That's my prerogative, that's my choice, right? But I do not get this confused with things like fat loss. Nutrition is fat loss. Nutrition is fat loss. Muscle building 
is fitness. That's really the way that you got to look at it. Like fitness exists to build muscle and improve skills, really. The fat loss piece of it is very, very, very small. Fitness doesn't play a huge role in that. So remember that. You got to think just why you're, why you're working out. And again, tons of people love it for, you know, um, stress relief and all those things. And, and I am totally with you. I totally get it. Jiu-jitsu is one of the deepest meditation practices I have. Because one of the only times in my life when I can actually turn my brain off, guys, I cannot tell you how busy my life is. It's so stressful that sometimes I want to burst into tears. I'm not kidding. And the only time that my brain shuts off is when another man is trying to choke me unconscious. <laughs> right? And that literally turns my brain off. It's a high stress situation. I get into flow state. So yes, fitness is great for mental stuff. It's a really, really big deal. How to pronounce my name. The first way you said it, Andra. Andra, got it. Awesome. Uh, how can I speak with you privately? Antonio, you just go to, I'm going to write this for you, iamclovis.com slash start. That's it. Go to iamclovis.com slash start. Now, again, people get confused about this. You do need to fill out that first page because I, I, as of right now, I still, I might switch this, but I'm still only offering custom nutrition plans to members. So you just sign up for the free trial, confirm, and on the next page, you're going to see custom nutrition plan. You need to get a custom nutrition plan to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. So, and then I do have other programs, uh, like I was talking to somebody about this today that's joining. Um, I do have a program called Justin in Your Pocket. Justin in Your Pocket means that you and I talk directly via video walkie-talkies. There's an app called Marco Polo, if you're familiar with it. And I'm basically your on-call guy during normal business hours for questions about nutrition. That is called Justin in Your Pocket. Um, I don't talk about it much because it's expensive. Sorry, uh, this is the only way I'm going to do it, period. So uh, if you want that, that can be totally private, one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm just there for you all the time, I'm basically on call for all your... You can be standing in the grocery store and say, hey, dude, should I buy this? And I'll go, yay or nay. That's the way Justin in your pocket works. So uh, I highly recommend it. I, I, it. I will change your life, I assure you. Um, and we can talk about all things. Once we get into once we get into like Justin in your pocket territory, then we're talking about like we can talk about mindfulness and meditation practices and biohacking and breathing exercises and all these things. I can actually do things with you, right? So big deal. What else we got? Oh, I got scrolled way up for some reason. Let me see. There we go. Okay, how can I speak to you privately? You got back there. You're addressing the mindset around the goals is so important. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's uh, that's a big thing, Andra. I, I, again, I, I think I always say this that we have an epidemic lack of self awareness in America. Most people don't know why they do the things that they do. They'd be like, "Hey, I'm I'm fasting, Justin," and I'm like, "Why?" Ah, uh, well, fasting is good for you or something. Hmm? I'm like, "Yeah, why? Why are you doing it? What is your goal?" I heard it was good for me. What is your goal? I'm asking what your goal is, right? The mindset piece is huge. People are flailing in the fitness and nutrition industry because they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. That's why guys like me, guys, this is why guys like me become popular on things like Instagram because I tell people things. This is the why. Most people don't give you the why. Here's my plan. Hope it works for you. If it doesn't, you're fat and lazy. <laughs> right? This is what most gurus do right? It's, it's terrible. So I like to give you the full-blown information. That's why I do these long-form AMAs. I love these. I love these conversations with you guys. What else we got? What about three-year-olds? John, I'm going to jujitsu you. <laughs> Jackie, I feel targeted. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Judy, I am sedentary still, but I'm 500% more active than before Clovis. 
Awesome. That's killer. Again, I talk about this all the time. The goal is never perfection. The goal is improvement, not perfection. The goal is always improvement. And that goes for me as well, you guys. I constantly am trying to improve. I'm constantly working on things, right? Like I'm pissed at myself because I didn't work on uh, strict ring muscle-ups. I didn't do rings for months because I went and lived in Chiang Mai, Thailand for a month and all these things, Norway for two weeks and things come up and I didn't train as much as I want. I have this goal of getting a strict ring muscle up that I don't have right now. And it'll happen, it'll happen eventually. I don't care, guys. It's, I'm not getting paid for the ring muscle up. You know what I mean? It's just this, the goal is always improvement, not perfection. So just improve. Wherever you're at, there's always room for improvement. It's like jujitsu in a belt breaking system, right? It's just, you, there's always room for, if you're a black belt, there's still room for improvement. Always, always, always. This is a journey, everybody. The, the journey is the destination. There is no destination. I say that all the time to you guys. The journey is the destination. But I swear, people don't absorb this. They don't really understand. Because if your goal is to lose 20 pounds, I'm going to help you lose that 20 pounds real quick. And you're going to go, uh-oh, uh, what do I do now? Hmm. I guess I never thought about it because I never thought I'd lose that 20 pounds. You know what I mean? It's crazy. John, the best flipping investment you can make in your health. Yeah, dude. For sure. Start. I am, I am Clovis.com slash start. Okay. So, um, I ranted a little bit, uh, and we're pretty much running out of time here. So for the last couple of minutes, if I didn't answer your question, uh, if you submitted a question, there is a lot more questions. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and it always happens where I'll put up a post like, Hey guys, there's an hour left. Um, say what's up, like go to ama.imclovis.com, let me know your questions. And I end up getting like 15 questions, like eight minutes before the AMA. So, um, if we had some time left here, I could just kind of run through some of those. Um, but some of them are pretty, are pretty in depth here. There's a couple that I had that are kind of in depth. So I don't know if I'm going to get into those right now. So let's do a, uh, let's just do a kind of a quick rapid fire. If you guys have a, any rapid fire questions that you want to shoot at me, let me know. Um, yeah, Laura, you know what? I can answer yours real quick. So I, uh, you asked me about biofilm, right? I hope you don't mind me. Yeah, that's not really a secret question or anything. You asked me about biofilm. Is that true? I think so. Um, I can I can chat about biofilm real quick. All right, so let's talk about biofilm. Uh, biofilm basically is is something that bacteria does in the body. So in the news, you guys probably heard about things like uh, like like antibiotic resistant infections and all these things, right? People talk about those. So. You talk about these antibiotic resistant uh, infections or strains of like strep throat that are antibiotic resistant, blah, 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 blah. These all bio. So Laura asked me about biofilms. Like, is it nonsense or is the detoxing nonsense? Biofilms are very, very real. They're absolutely real. But the thing is they're, they're bad and beneficial. So there's, there's good biofilms and there's bad biofilms. It's the way that we see bacteria, like they, they'll show bacteria in a microscope like floating around, it doesn't really work like that. So bacteria actually sticks to like surfaces. So you can have something like a biofilm in, like I can have it in my sinuses for like sinus infections or in your throat or in your stomach. It's just basically the bacteria like sticks to a surface and makes like a web. Like when I talk about so soil, I talk about like this mycorrhizal fungi web through all the root systems, right? Bacteria makes this like web and then it just grabs minerals. It's the same way like oxalates bind to minerals and they're shitty little things. The bacteria does it well. It like grabs minerals, affects your immune system, causes all sorts of problems. But the, the tricky thing about biofilm is biofilm is very real, very difficult to test for. Um, I don't actually know of a good way to test for biofilm. It's really tricky. And even if you were to test for biofilm, how do you know which biofilm is good and bad? So basically what I want to leave you with is there are ways to treat biofilms for sure. Um, and I know you shared somebody on Instagram doing this whole detox thing and I don't generally think that you should pay anybody for detox advice ever really. Um, but, uh, 
I don't know, could be legit. I'm not sure. But so if I were to direct you somewhere that I know is legit, that would be the book Healthy Gut, Healthy You by Dr. Michael Ruscio. Uh, Michael addresses biofilms directly. And yes, there are supplements. They're, they're, they're basically biofilm disruptors is what you'd call them, right? So there are biofilm disruptors. And then there are natural antimicrobial compounds, like something like oregano extract is like super powerful. But that's the thing, Laura. I want you to understand this. These supplements, these herbs and all these things that people use, they are very powerful. They are not a joke. They're not to be trifled with, right? So it's this type thing of why do you want to blow out your system looking for biofilms if you're not really quite sure? So that's what I would do. I would start because I don't feel comfortable telling you to do this or not do this because uh, I'm not an expert on biofilms. I would really, really absorb the work of Michael Ruscio. Get the book Healthy Gut, Healthy You. Listen to his supplement recommendations, not a random person on Instagram. I would listen to Michael Ruscio. He is one of the leaders in gut health, period. And his information is widely available. His book is not expensive. One of the best books on gut health I've ever read. Um, so get the research from Michael Ruscio, Healthy Gut, Healthy You. Uh, what else we got? Andra, does fasting to let the body rest have any adverse effects on fat loss if done for an extended period? No, fat loss will, I mean, fasting will virtually never have a negative side effect on fat loss. Um, so go to clovis.show. Um, let me see, I can grab it for you. This is something that you need to listen to or watch for sure. And that is my AMA called Fasting Facts from Fat Loss to Longevity. So rather than me get into it here because I've covered fasting so extensively, I also have an ebook. Um, called The Perfect Fasting Protocol at IamClovis.com. Get your hands on that. I highly recommend everybody own that book. I know that I wrote it, and I know it costs money. You should own it. You abs Everybody should absolutely read that, 150%. Very important, okay? Um, John, intense fitness session, one hour of heavy box bag boxing. Stick to carb macros, or is it okay recommended to go over? No, you don't need to go over. You absolutely don't need to go over. No. I would stick to it. I mean, really, I'm, as carbs are not essential, dude. And and like I say to you, I think I emailed you this. Your your goal is not performance here, right? Your goals are all physique related. The only time carb loading even becomes a thing ever is only when it's performance related. Like, and people don't realize this. What I do with fighters, and I'm giving you some of my secret sauce here, right? Like, I have fighters take tablespoons of honey before they get in the cage in case that like Peta's last fight went three rounds. Most of her fights, she wins in 90 seconds. So did I give her too many carbohydrates? Yup, I did, because she was in and out of there in 90 seconds. But I'd rather have the carbohydrates there in case she needs them if that fight's gonna go into the later rounds. You don't need carbs, bro. You're not doing anything crazy enough that you need to, to increase carbs. What about three different body types and their differences with the amount of macros? I don't believe in the, uh, the different body types of the, the whatever they call them, like uh, endomorphs and exomorphs and all these things. I'm not really buying it, honestly. Um, I'm yet to come up against anybody that I can't just make fantastic macros for based on the information. I never ask somebody what their body type is. I never even look at that and I get results. So, uh, yeah, it's a little bit, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't use that at all in my practice. So just to give you a heads up, I have concerns of lime and mold. Okay. Yeah. Dig deep and do some research. Um, you could watch another, another good example of mold is moldy movie. Uh, I think it's M-O-L-D-Y-M-O-V-I-E, moldymovie.com, I think. Uh, it's a movie all about mold that will have fantastic resources on the back end of it, fantastic resources at that website too. Um, Laura, the fasting book is fantastic. Yes, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I love the fasting ebooks. It's one of my favorite ebooks that I've written. So um, yeah, I highly suggest you grab that one. So 
Everybody grab the fasting ebook. Laura, check out uh, Healthy Gut, Healthy You. Check out moldymovie.com. Those are some good resources for you to look into because mold is no joke. Lime is no joke. But the issue with lime that we see is that is it the lime that's the problem or the fact that when, and I don't know if this has happened to you, so just fair warning, if you have lime, you need to get a functional medicine doctor immediately immediately if you don't have one because if you go conventional medicine they are going to load you probably with freaking injectable antibiotics for the next 18 months they are going to just put you on the heaviest doses of antibiotics forever and then you have an issue of what came first the chicken or the egg is the lime killing you or are these antibiotics killing you a lot of the the really long-standing negative side effects that we see from lime is actually due to the conventional medical treatment of lime because they just napalm your system with these antibiotics are really scary right if I see another V-Shred commercial, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Antonio, cool. Uh, where did that body tap type crap come from? Uh, I don't know. Couldn't tell you, man. Um, it was taught in all the books for my credentials, for a specialist in sports nutrition, specialist in fitness nutrition. I had to learn about the body types, and I let that shit go in one ear and out the other because I don't really care. It's like the same way when people are like, I'm big boned. I'm like, uh, dinosaurs are big boned. You're not big boned. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's just... You got bones. Cool. Congratulations. We all have bones. You know what I mean? Um, just a little silly. There, there, there's a lot of things in mainstream nutrition and mainstream personal training and fitness and everything that exist because people don't have answers for things. It's easier to just be like, hey, I'm really sorry. You're a mesomorph or whatever. So you're just always going to kind of be fat. No. <laughs> and then I don't even factor that in the equation. I just don't. I've, I've had huge people come to me, six foot four people that are 300 pounds. I can get those people lean for sure. It's just, it's another thing. It's like people validating bad food choices, right? Well, I deserve this donut because I did a workout. It's like, that's people being like, well, I'm always going to be 40% body fat because my body type is big. Meh. Man, just have to deal with it. No, it's crazy. You don't want to do that to yourself. Don't. Um, all right. So. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ask Me Anything number 69. My name is Justin Nolt. I own a company called Clovis, and I'm the CEO and the founder, and I'm a certified nutritional therapist and a certified specialist in sports nutrition and a certified specialist in fitness nutrition and all the things, and I help people get healthy. Oh, and I invented the perfect paleo powder. Also, lots of updates coming to the store, IamClovis.com. Go to IamClovis.com. Um, I have a new subscription model for the Paleo Powder. Um, so we have a new app there that's dealing with the recurring subscriptions. Also, the loyalty Clovis Coins is getting a complete and utter makeover. That's going to be totally different. It's going to be way easier for you guys to deal with. Sorry that that's been annoying. Sometimes I'm at the mercy of these websites that I run these stores on. It's not all up to me. So um, I'm going to try to change the loyalty program over to be much more user-friendly. That'll be fantastic. So just keep your eyes on IamClovis.com. Uh, check out the Perfect Paleo Powder. YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash the Clovis Culture. There's a whole bunch of new playlists there. YouTube.com slash the Clovis culture. So I'm basically taking the most popular AMAs and chopping them up into bite-sized pieces and putting them in playlists. So you can watch like six to 12 minute videos of the AMA instead of the entire AMA all at one time because I know they're long. This one's gonna be a little bit over an hour. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Um, YouTube.com slash the Clovis culture. Instagram has blown up. I'm now over 15,000 followers on Instagram, which is wonderful. Totally cool. Feels good. Um, so go check out Instagram at the Clovis culture. You can follow me personally with my lowly 2000 something followers at, at Justin Nolt. Um, that's, that's really kind of the gateway into my personal life. If you want to see the kind of stuff that I'm doing. And, uh, if you want to work with me, Clovis, I am Clovis.com slash start. I am Clovis.com slash start. 
Click the share button, share this with your friends, share it on your timeline, share, 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 share the podcast, share the AMAs, the more sharing, the better, share my commercial, share my videos, share all of the things. If you leave me a podcast review, I will send you free paleo powder samples. You can email me, email me about that, justin at iamclovis.com, justin at iamclovis.com. Leave me a podcast review. I will send you free samples of the paleo powder, completely free of charge. Um, so you can try that out. So yeah, lots of stuff, guys. Go get the fasting protocol. Check out Clovis.show for all my previous episodes. Click the like button, click the love button, click the happy button. Engage, 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 engage. The more engagement you give me, the more people see this video. That's how the algorithms work. So help me out. Help me help your friends, your family, your loved ones. Uh, sharing is the best way to get this message out there. If you think that I'm doing good things, if you think I'm not full of shit, share me with people. Let me help as many people as humanly possible. That is what I want to do. All right. Brian, good job. You're killing it. Thank you, brother. John, you are the man. Thank you for all that you do and all that you share. You're very welcome, dude. And thank you for consuming my content and continuing to listen and trusting me. It means the world to me. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Rhea, what's up, Rhea? What are you doing watching AMAs from Bali? Go do crazy stuff. Go do yoga or something or find some plants. Wink, wink, the good plants. <laughs> Rhea, all the way from Bali. That's awesome. I hope you're having the time of your life out there. Nicole, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Thank you for all the first-time viewers. Awesome. Welcome to your first AMA. Um, sometimes I do presentations on the whiteboard. It's a little bit different. I'll do full-blown presentations of a topic. Um, these are just kind of the free-for-alls where I just answer questions as they come. So I hope this was valuable to you. And this will be live at Clovis.show. It's going to go on the podcast, The Clovis Culture Podcast. It's going to go up as its own podcast. We'll do it in case you missed it on Friday. We've missed this stuff over the last couple of weeks right? So I'm super glad to be back. Going to be putting out crazy content. If you have a crazy testimony for me and you want to come on my podcast, give me a shout. Justin, I am Clovis.com. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you for letting me do this work every day. I genuinely mean that. I love you. You guys are a huge part of my life and I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have an amazing night. Turn off your screens, read a paper book, take a cold shower before bed, cool down your body, get some wonderful deep sleep. All right, guys, I will see you tomorrow in the groups. Thanks. Bye. Oh, I got a good place somewhere, somewhere. But I closed my eyes and lost my way.